You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. Well, shares of Impala Platinum finished 4% lower today following the release of its first half results. Uh, the uh, mining company reported lower production this time around, but higher costs, cost jumping 15%. And it seems like the market did not like the uh, cost line increase. Uh, we do have Johan Theron, the Group Executive for Corporate Relations at Impala. Johan, thanks so much for your time. Just take us through your reporting period and what's making it so difficult for you to manage costs in this environment. Yeah, I think it was actually quite a strong performance from an operational point of view. So quite clearly, we are operating in a very difficult environment with ESCOM and, and other challenges. So, you know, despite those challenges, um, our production actually remains flat um, for the period. Um, dollar prices came down um, somewhat, but was more than compensated by the weakening of the rand. And, and in the end, we realized quite a strong basket price. And even the financials were in line with, with last year. I think what might have disappointed the, the market is, you know, out of 11 billion rand free cash and 27 billion rand on the balance sheet, um, you know, we declared a dividend in line with our policy which I think uh, the market expected more. I think they were looking for a very strong dividend. But we made it clear that given where we are in the process with the RB Platts acquisition, um, you know, having a fully funded um, allowance on the balance sheet was important and informed a lot of the decision-making around the dividend and, as a consequence, the payout ratio. So where are you then with the uh, transaction with Royal Buffer Gang Platinum? We haven't heard much. Lately, what can you tell us about the latest developments? Yeah, I remember speaking to you about this maybe a year ago already. So it's been a long drawn out process. Yeah. Um, you know, and by nature, these processes are complicated. Um, our fully funded mandated offer has been open for some time. We've gone through the competition process successfully. Um, and we've been able to grow our interest to 41 odd percent over that time period. We've essentially met all of the requirements of our offer. Uh, the only outstanding issue being the issuance of a compliance certificate by the regulator on which we could then you know, successfully close our offer. But that closing process and the eminent deadline is, is very important because you know, shareholders that still hold on then are faced with a critical decision whether they then sell or hold on you know, and take the risk that, um, you know, the share price would go down after the offer closes. So very important in, in that regard and very frustrated um, mm-hmm. by, this, by, by the fact that the regulator has chosen, you know, not to issue that certificate up to now. Mm, because you have uh, delayed or rather extended the day in which this offer closes by a couple of times now. In fact, the latest uh, deadline you have is the end of this month. So is, is, is it going to happen by then? Yeah, so I think what we were clear today is that the continuing extension of the deadline is not helpful to anybody. In fact, it brings a lot of uncertainty and, and, and the process needs to come to an end. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, where we land. It's important that we get to that finish line sooner rather than later. You know, and I think we were clear today that, you know, 
unless there's a process kind of mechanism that requires a couple of week extension, um, you know, we would find it hard to push that transaction end date on and on and on because all it does, it just keeps on providing um, uncertainty. And then, you know, the last remaining shareholders that have to make decisions then have the excuse of, you know, there's still time to make these decisions. You know, the hourglass is running empty. And and I think we're getting at that point where, you know, hard decisions need to be taken. Mm -hmm. But uh, actually, what does that potentially look like? And uh, in that question is a question as to whether the month end extension is the last. We can't quite say it's the last because there's always the risk that, you know, things move in a particular direction. And, you know, tactically, there is an extension required to get, the process is all done up and the T's crossed and the I's dotted. And, and of course, we would extend it for those reasons. But I think we were clear that, you know, we don't see this thing drag on beyond the end of this financial year, for instance. We'd be very disappointed if we entered a new financial year in July and this is not all, all sewn up. Mm. And so in the event that you do have to make those hard decisions, what does that look like? I mean, is that possibly no, walking away? No, I think for us, you know, I think we've made our hard decisions. I think it's it's other stakeholders that need to make those decisions. Just to be clear and just to refresh again for the listeners, you know, we've got two very distinct and clear strategies for our Rustenburg operation where we've been mining for 50-odd years. The one is, you know, to pursue this transaction, to acquire land next to that asset that is much shallower, newly mined, and in combining the assets over time to extend the life of that operation, you know, by decades, essentially. Um, and, and in that way, protect jobs, economic activity, and continue mining at a very high rate in that jurisdiction for an extended period of time. The other clear strategy, like all mines, is to mine out, essentially, the current footprint. Um, and obviously, that, you know, will mean that at current rates, we'll probably mine for another seven, eight years. We, we might then drop the output, you know, down and, and continue mining for another seven, eight years. But essentially, in, in 15 years or so, you get to the point where you would cease mining operations there, where the alternative is that you'd mine for, you know, many more decades. So we thought that it's very important for us to pursue a strategy that would extend jobs, mine life, and to the extent that, you know, the PIC, the regulator, other stakeholders support that strategy, that's great. To the extent that we don't get the requisite support, well, then clearly, you know, those stakeholders make those decisions on our behalf. And then we would be forced to go into a different direction. Sure. So, as you rightly said, deals of this nature can be quite complex and they can drag on, but it's not often that they are messy. I mean, I'm reminded by the couple of statements I've had to read issued uh, by yourselves as well as uh, Royal Buffer Ging on a, a news or misleading information that shareholders had up until a certain date to make their decision on the deal and uh, uh, information that you've subsequently come out to say that was misleading and not true. How would you describe your current relationship then with all players at the with, table, Royal Buffalo as well as Northern Platinum? Yeah, I think we've got good relationships. Obviously, we've got a contested process here. 
um, you know, with Northern. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, they've got a particular tactic and strategy and point of view, and, and we have a different one. But we often see each other at the Minerals Council where we work together on safety initiatives, um, power and others, and we've got a very good relationship. Um, but, of course, you know, this is a contested transaction. And I think the, the, the one thing that's also become very clear, again, through this process, we don't have many contested processes in South Africa, and our corporate law in South Africa is simply just not amenable to these kind of contested transactions. And, and as a consequence, that's, you know, why you don't see it, because the mechanisms that um, sort of drive it to conclusion and, and ensure that, shareholders' interests, you know, are, are advanced in the best possible way. It's clearly not as advanced and not as strong as you'd find in other jurisdictions. Okay. Uh, parting shot on what the picture looks like uh, in the six months ahead. Uh, load shedding hitting some of your production this time around. Um we do have the reopening of China that's happened that a lot of mining companies are excited about. And you have painted a picture on your expectations around what uh, your metals do, given what is going on and uh, some of the demand that you could see from the car industry, for instance. Just map out how different your picture looks like in the six months ahead compared to the one you delivered today. Yeah, I think we're starting this six months a little on the back foot from a metal price perspective. I think overall our view is that the markets are strong for the reasons that you've mentioned, and we expect prices to strengthen into the year. Um, but China has just come out of you know lockdowns. They've gone into an early Chinese New Year period, um, and we've seen you know sort of a reset in in global ma- uh, economic expectations. And as a consequence, we've seen dollar prices of our metals come down over the last month or so. And and I don't think that quite reflects the tightness in the market and our expectation, hence, you know, with car companies and all of the economic activity and China coming back um, for the rest of the year, that that should um, be quite strong and supportive. ESCOM is the big question mark. I think we've uh, done a reasonably good job um, guarding against ESCOM impacts for the six months that we've just ended in a big part because, you know, a large part of our operations are in Zimbabwe and Canada, so we're not impacted there. And in South Africa, where we're impacted, we've got very large processing facilities in Rustenburg with spare capacity, and we can use that to some extent to mitigate some of those impacts. But I think the level at where the country's operated over the last two, three months, and if the prognosis going forward is worse, then clearly the impact um, you know, exponentially gets worse. And, and, and then, you know, they, we will see higher levels of production impact. But I think, you know, if you look at the balance sheet, 27 billion rand on the balance sheet, expectations that market prices would, um, you know, be, be supportive into the back end of the year. Um, you know, operations, diverse operations in multiple jurisdictions, ability to some extent to mitigate against ESCOM, um, I think we are well positioned regardless. All right. Johan, we'll catch up then. But thanks so much for your time this evening. Johan Theron of Impala Platinum. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.